FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Lee at Re-Raceables podcast. Thanks for all the compliments. Thanks for the downloads and the subscriptions and, and everything else, man. People have been really digging this thing, and that's super, super cool for us. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, of course. With me, as usual, to talk about uh, Daytona 2008, it's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, it's a fun one. The, I This is amazing, this one, and we're going to get into a lot of it here. Uh, we got Trey Kennard, and we got Oscar Werderman calling in to talk about this race because Kennard wins it and Oscar was the mechanic for Chad Reed whose bike stopped with two corners to go. I didn't realize that Weege upon rewatching this. I knew it was the last lap. I did not know it was two corners. Yeah. So this one, um, I don't know if everybody knows the years. If we say to Daytona 2008, I don't know if you necessarily know what that is, but when we say the one where Reed's, Reed's bike blew up, everybody knows yeah. what that race is. <laughs> uh, the infamous mutter and what actually surprises me is, look, dude, you know Florida weather. I know Florida weather. Anyone who's been in the races knows Florida weather. I'm surprised this hasn't happened more. We don't have a huge history of epic Daytona mutters. You would think it's 50-50. It, it should be 50-50. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. We don't have a lot. 2003 was bad, but it it, dried, it, it got clear you know, during the race. And 87, of course, the famous 87 race. Yep. And, and um, this year was 100% chance in yeah. uh, 2021. <laughs> 100% chance of rain. 100% chance, yeah. Yes, and it, was, it didn't rain, and it wasn't a mutter. So actually, this one really sticks out because you would think Daytona would do this. Like, if you want to do a mud race at Unadilla, it'd be like which pick which one you right want. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah uh so yeah. uh thanks for people for listening and uh thanks to Liat man for coming on board this podcast they got the 9.5 8.5 helmets the 5.5 flex lock boots the 6.5 velocity goggles the motor concepts guys all wear Liat, uh as well as the uh, nuclear blast yamaha guys they run it as well so new for 2021 Liat has introduced a completely redesigned helmet with their 9.5 carbon and 8.5 composite helmets incorporated with four densities of impact foam in five locations, as well as the ProFit comfort liner that stretches over your head to provide superior comfort and stability. Large ventilation channels can be found throughout the entire helmet. For the best part, a free pair of bulletproof goggles are included. So you buy the helmet, you get the goggles. Great helmets, uh, flex lock boots, uh, velocity goggles. You know this stuff is good. Tickle, McElrath. Well, Shane wore this for two races. Anyways, uh, so Liat.com for more information. If you want to uh, get a code from Liat to save on their website... Simply contact uh, me using the contact form at pulpamex.com. I'll pass you on. And, uh, Weege, they, um, the folks discount? at Leader, yeah, discount, Weege. Oh, I like it. I'm emailing you. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yes. Thanks to Max's Tires as well. A-Ray, Jeremy Smith, the summer of Rod Bell. Will we see it again on his Max's Tires? Uh, he's just getting warmed up. You could see it. He jumped on a 250 real quick at Salt Lake City. Went better. Yeah, summer of Rod Bell on the Maxis tires. Let, let's, ho- let's hope so. And A-Ray and Jeremy Smith and Jordan Jarvis as well. Uh, Maxis tires, the uh, uh, great mountain bike tires. they got the minions that I use out here. They have uh, uh, light truck, UTV tires. McGrath runs Maxis. I mean, I don't know what else you could want. Like for me, 
if you just said Jeremy McGrath uses it, I'm down. Like you could be like, Jeremy McGrath uses this pen. Cool, I want it. That's it. This is. I like how they hit all. They hit all sides. They've got Jeremy McGrath for guys like you, and then they got Axel Hodges for guys not like you. So they cover it all. Right, and they got A Ray for those people. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever those people right. would be. I don't picture you like sleepless nights waiting for the next uh, Hodges edit. I just don't picture that being highest on your radar like it is for some people. Yeah, I know. I, I picture you being correct on that picture. Um, okay, all right. You're more of a McGrath guy. I am. So. I am, absolutely. Yeah. So thanks to Maxis and Leah, and uh, also to Blenzall. Thanks to the folks at Blenzall. Uh, they're on board with it. They got two-stroke. They got four-stroke stuff. Uh, what's the f- Tell me the first thing you think of when I say race day smell. Oh, well, dude, everybody. It's premix, dude. It, it's Blenzall. It, two-stroke premix smell. Yeah. Yep. The sweet smell of Blenzall for over 60 years. Blenzall Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. Nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzall's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil from the original green label to the 455 Ultra or the powerful gold label. Blenzall has got it, uh, the oil for you. Yeah, so, okay, Steve, that is cool. There's premix. We all love premix. But I go to GNCCs a lot, and the hot bike is these TPI, the fuel-injected KTM two-strokes. So what the heck are you supposed to run with those? Uh, well, they've uh, recently released their all-new 555 Ultra TPI, caster injector oil, oh. spe- specifically formulated for today's modern electronic fuel-injected two-stroke engines. Uh, I want to ride one of those bikes. I just I can't picture a two-stroke with a TPI. I just I don't know what that would be like. I want to ride one at one point. So. Uh, my buddy has one. I've ridden it. Oh, and? And? Yeah, um, it's it's still a two-stroke. It, it it's funny. Two-stroke guys will tell you that it has a little bit more of an electric, like less hit. Yep. But then, like, I have a three fifty, and it still hits more than that. So it's somewhere in between. Right. So you're just yeah. like, yeah, sweet. It still still feels like a two-stroke to you, even though two-stroke guys are like, yeah, not so much. Yeah, they're like. Right. You know, where's the typical two-stroke hit? It, it's somewhere in the middle, but for an off-road bike, that's probably ideal. Well, Weege, again, right up your alley. Blenzall's GNCC uh, stuff is crushing it as well with, uh, uh, with yeah. Blue Crew Guy. Yeah, yeah. Bryson Neal. Dude, nothing is harder on an engine than quads in the woods because they literally hold them wide open. Like, you corner a quad by pinning it and making the tire spin. So that is brutal. It'll punish your equipment. And Bryson Neal, three out of six races this year, he's won. So that's proof Blenzall has good oil for both two- and four-strokes. Go to your local dealer. Tell them you want Blenzol, distributed by Western Power Sports. You know anybody at Western Power Sports at all? Not familiar with the company, no. No, me neither. Check out Blenzol.com and at Blenzol on social. And the best part of that read is that Blenzol is going to give away a two-stroke kit or a four-stroke oil kit. Uh, We did this last re-raceables. We're doing it again. Email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com and just put the oil in the subject line or Blenzol in the subject line, whatever it is. We'll just randomly pick a dude. And uh, our buddy David there at Blenzalt will uh, send you um, some oil. So thanks for listening. Right, I'm going to do that, too. I'm going to enter that, and I'm going to get a discount code for Leah. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, 2008 yeah. Daytona, just a horrific mutter. And a uh, couple things from this race, though, are interesting. That we well, First of all, the Jacob Marsak Award. We have our categories uh, <laughs> yes. that we do every single <laughs> re-raceables. And one of the awards is the Jacob Marsak Award for the award for the guy that did the best that you don't remember or that you don't know who he is or whatever, and he did really good. And it's a Jacob Marsak Memorial Award, even though Jacob Marsak's alive. And it became that way from this race, Weech. This is why. Yes, we decided to pick this one, the Epic Mutter, Daytona, et cetera, et cetera. And then we realized, wait, this is the actual race where Jacob Marsak gets third. This is actually it. 
just think about yeah. Mars. I mean, if you're Jacob Marsak, you podium Daytona Supercross. I mean, this is phenomenal, right? Like, it's just amazing. And obviously, it's a massive mutter and all that, but but still. But you don't need to give out those details. I mean, it ends don't. up being Kevin Windham, Davey Millsaps, and you. Like, would you not just tell every person you've ever met in your life, yeah, Windham, Millsaps, and maybe we're on a podium? Yeah, yeah, I, I pretty much would. So uh, we're going to have categories where's JT, Lit Kid Award, Jacob Marsak Award. Uh, a bunch of categories, who really won the race, all that kind of stuff uh, to get into. So 2008, Daytona, um, what are you doing, Weege? What's going on in your life? Wh- wh- where are we uh, at? This is uh, monumental uh, for me, this one. Uh, absolutely monumental. What, so, whoa, uh, okay. I didn't know this going into this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, in Daytona, a few days before this race, I'm down in Florida for the uh, GNCC opener, and I'm literally standing in the woods. They used to do GNCC on a Tuesday, and I'm just in the woods shooting photos. Because I worked for the GNCC series, right? And I just I get a Florida phone number call, and I'm like, "This is bizarre." And they're like, "Hi, uh, we're looking for Jason. We heard you're an announcer." And I'm like, "Yes." And they're like, uh, "We work at Daytona International Speedway, and one of our announcers got sick, and we heard you're an announcer, and you're in the area. Would you like to announce the Daytona Supercross?" <laughs> really? That's really yeah. so. You weren't even doing the Racer X stuff yet full time. You weren't moved over yet. You were still GNCC lackey. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny how it worked. I was I was doing the Supercross live webcast every weekend, but as soon as I got back to the office yeah, on Monday, yep. my job was GNCC. And that also included a lot of Supercross on a Saturday night and then flying to GNCC Sunday morning were to you, at least be there for the Sunday. Were yeah. you the guy saying, riders ready, flag up, and go? Like, were you starting them? Ten seconds. That's Ten it. Seconds. That's it. Ten. Yes, I did do you that. were doing that. Yeah, I did that. Uh, it was me and Rodney splitting it, but there was one race ever. I don't remember what year. There was one race in Georgia where Rodney had to go to an ATV motocross, and the whole weekend I was the only announcer. I did that 10-second thing for every race, all the trophies, all the podiums. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm there. This is Tuesday. Keep so, in mind, right? So this yeah. is Tuesday. And they're like, okay. can you stick around? And I think I had to go to – I would just assume how this works. I think I had to go to the Georgia GNCC. So On I'm like, Sunday, well, let me see if I can right? skip that. That'd be Sunday, right? Or no? Well, it – the ATVs race Saturday, so oh, I oh, the yeah. same day. Okay, so yeah. I think I had to say, like, let me see if I can get out of this race in Georgia. And um, if I remember right, also, I'm like, then I have to get back to Georgia when Daytona is over because I have to hitch a ride back to Morgantown or I will be stranded in Florida. And that's where the legend of the old Scott Goggles, Scott USA bus. You ever hang out in that bus, the Bevo bus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not when oh, yeah. Bevo was there, but yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Bevo, Fish, the driver, and our good buddy. Oh, still Fish. There. I forgot about Fish. Remember Fish? Yeah, yes. I remember Fish. Yeah. Fish was the driver, and our good buddy, who's still there, Johnny Knowles, uh, it was like, hey, any of you guys driving to the GNCC on Sunday? And they were. I'm like, perfect. I'll announce Daytona. We'll drive all night. I'll get to GNCC. Uh, I'm in. And I think. I believe it was the legendary Paul Page, like the legendary voice of the Indy 500, who got sick would, that year, well, and that's who they couldn't use. That's my yeah. question. Who got Wally Pipp? Because this is the job you still hold today. Uh, here's who actually got screwed in this deal was uh, our buddy, um, what's the, our Honda guy down there? Ben uh, Cheatwood. Ben Cheatwood. Yeah, so um, it was supposed to be Cheatwood. La- nasty Larry Nastin. And, <laughs> nasty and, Larry Nastin. Is that? Yeah, that yeah. He, he has passed away now, by the way. Uh, but yes, the late I, Larry Nastin. I did not know his name was Nasty Larry ah, Nastin. Name's okay. Nastin. It was supposed to be those two and Paul Page. So they brought me in to replace Paul. So it was Cheatwood, Nastin, and myself. And then the next year, Paul was back, and they demoted poor Ben Cheatwood to 
just practice afternoon only. Oh, because you did such a good job. Now, how did they get your number? How did that come together? Did you ever find out? (laughs) I don't think I have any (laughs) idea. Like, literally, the crown jewel of Supercross, basically. Just calls, dude. And they call a GNCC ex-flagger in the woods. <laughs> like, how does that happen? How, I, that, I never found out to this day. I'm going to assume it's Davey or Tim Cotter or someone that knew someone at Daytona. But okay. no one ever said, hey, we gave him your number. So I have no idea. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Also, we uh Paul Page, he is a legend. Like, was he cool to to work with over the years? I mean, dude, that was the guy. I loved Indy car racing, and oh, I would I would I actually didn't know this. oh the Paul Tracy days and Greg Moore and and you know Jacques Villeneuve and all those guys Zanardi. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would record them on a VHS and, and watch them back, and I loved that series when I was a kid. And uh, Paul Page was the guy. Wow, you never mentioned this. Yeah, '80s IndyCar. I mean, it was hard for people to believe this. It was way bigger than NASCAR at the time. Early 90s more. Even that. Yeah, yeah, 80s. Then they had that split in the series, and it really crushed it. Yeah, but Paul Uh, Page was the voice of my childhood for the IndyCar series. Wow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was a big deal. Yeah, so he was back the next year. He was super cool. Like, I have no idea, honestly, if he even, like, knew my name or knew who I was or if I was, like, just the 9,000th young announcer he had met in his career. But you wouldn't know it. Like he, he, he acted like, you know, we were like old time buddies. You know, oh, and, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Then I finally did. We announced several years together, and I finally did. These, these are words I'll never forget. Like, so what happened at IndyCar? Most people probably know this. You know, the series was huge, and then there was a split in the two series, um, and there was IRL and CART were the two series they they pulled apart, and his career basically ended because this the, the series split. And, like, the one series considered him the other series guy. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're done with you. You're their guy. And, like, that ended him doing, like, the Indy 500. He had no say in it, no control. Everybody liked him. He had done a great job. And he just got in the politics by no fault of his own. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, yeah, I don't do IndyCar anymore. I'm like, that's horrible. He's like, yep, there's one day you get a phone call. And they're like, yeah, we, we're, we're not using any of you guys. You're, <laughs> you work for the other guys. Yeah. And yeah. what is cool what is cool, like, yeah, I, um, a few years, like, before it was over for Paul, they did bring him back, and he got to do, like, the radio broadcast of the Indy 500, dude, after, like, 12 years of not oh, being cool. around. I thought oh, that was yeah. cool. Yeah. But it was a lesson learned for me to be like, dude, as a TV guy, mm-hmm. it can end at any minute. Because you're right, Paul Page was as big as it gets. Oh, yeah. And then one day, they're just like, yeah, we're just not bringing you back, Paul. Yep, yep. Well, a little Crazy, bit like man. Ralph, too. A little bit like Ralph, right? Ralph did it uh, Supercross forever, and then all of a sudden, he's not. And that's it. Yeah. Oh. Now Ross hanging out in my garage. <laughs> that, that literally, that literally happened. It, it did. It literally yeah. happened. Um, yes. So yeah, uh, I cannot believe still that they just called a GNCC guy and for the this yeah. race like that's that's. But you know what? We you've done this race. So that was 08. It's 2021. Yep. This is 13 years you've been doing this race, and you always say you cannot believe how lax they are, how easygoing they are, how fun they are to work with. Like this is Daytona Speedway. The biggest NASCAR race on the circuit, oh, yeah. and and the big yep. and they are they couldn't be any cooler. Yes, uh, I, I announced a lot of things, and uh, eventually I got my buddy Kevin Kelly in, and he announces this with me, and then Rob Bidas also. So the three of us have announced a lot of stuff. So we've seen a lot of different ways you can get treated as the announcer. Nothing even comes close. Like Daytona is practically apologizing for making you do anything. Like I think they feel <laughs> bad for asking you to come to the race on Saturday and actually do the job. Right. right. So this one. So, you know, they feel bad enough. They're like, 
hey, young guy, we're just pulling you out of nowhere. I might add, though, I was doing the Supercross webcast at this time. True. We just didn't yeah. have it at Daytona. So I had some experience, but I don't even know if they knew that. I don't even know if they knew yeah. that there was a webcast. They were apologizing for the conditions. Like, um, they, they, uh, Julie, who was running Daytona at the time, I think she works for the Phoenix um, NASCAR Speedway now. I just remember her saying, like, are you okay? Are you all right? Because we're just getting drenched all yeah. day. We're just yeah. getting rained on all yeah. day. And she was so apologetic. And I'm like, why are you apologizing? <laughs> like, it's raining. Like, what are you – how can you – you can't feel bad about rain. <laughs> right. So, yeah. all right. So you – and I don't remember – practice and all that was it raining all day i i recall it getting worse and worse and where i don't remember all the details yeah, i yeah. certainly didn't have the yep jt but, weather report battles going like yeah now we're heightened awareness but to be fi- but to to for the record from the night show on you just sat out with a microphone and got drenched it's one of my theories here steve okay. i see people at races wearing these super tall like mud boots like the mud boots that go up to your knees yep you don't need to do that, anybody. That's overkill. I don't care how bad it rains. There should You should never have to walk through more than a foot of water. If you've got waterproof hiking boots, you should be able to get through anything. There, should, there will never be, at a stadium or a speedway, three feet of water. Like, it can't happen. Right. So I, I remember that morning, I went, I, I was like, I guess it really is going to rain. So I drove like across the street where there's like the mall there. Yep. And I bought some waterproof boots, and I had an umbrella and a jacket. And I'm like, I'm good. And I remember just standing there. I had a waterproof boots, a jacket, and an umbrella. And I didn't get wet. And I'm just like, this is all you need, everybody. You don't need to go nuts. Like these uh, mechanics. Dude, you mechanics were insane with the stuff you guys would wear. Not like me. fireman nope. suits. Not me. Nope. Well, yeah, not you. No, nope. I, I would be running the shorts and the antnies and like whatever. They, I just put dry stuff on if I get, you know, like, oh, I, I know what you mean. A full, full, like I'm going out to, uh, what's the George Clooney movie? Out to, out to fish, the perfect storm. Yes, like, these guys yes, are exactly. gearing yes. up like they're going out to the Atlantic. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I got, like hazmat suits, yes, and I'm I like, know. bro, if you have an umbrella, uh, your entire body will stay dry, and then your feet will get wet, and you just have waterproof boots. We're done. Yeah, We're good. No, I, I'm with you on that. I never subscribed to any yeah. of that uh, uh, as a mechanic. <laughs> I might have put on some rubber boots here or there, uh, but that's yeah. about it. I, I didn't care. Yeah. Um, so where are you? The, uh, what? You're Racer X at this point? I couldn't even figure – I had to text you today. I'm like, what – in 08, uh, I yeah. guess you were a Racer X guy? Uh, yeah. I um, I don't know. Was I Racer X or was I uh, uh, Racer X Canada? I don't – But you were probably doing ops, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was I yes. was working for Parts Unlimited in 06, and then uh, I got let go after a year. Well, I kind of laughed or whatever. It depends on who you yes. talk to. Um, and then I went – I was doing some work for Merge Racing – but I think around this time, 08, I think I was pretty much like, hey, I'm going to be a media guy. Like, I'm trying to be a media dude, right? So I'm, yep. I don't think I was doing any freelance work for a company uh, or anything at this time. Um, my story for this race isn't great. Like, so we, we all know my feelings on the Daytona press room and all of that, right? Um, yes. I don't even know if I got press credentials for this one because I do remember Racer X had a problem getting credentials as much as they needed. For this race, right? Yeah, there was always a problem. I, I just looked this up, by the way. This is unfortunate. I found the breaking news link to read your observation from 08, and the link is dead. So I'm assuming it's a link to the RacerX Canada site. Yeah, maybe. And maybe OBS was on Canada. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been. Um, 
So I was doing that. Uh, I was I was getting some yeah. headway with the podcast, getting some headway with OBS because I was pretty much just napalming. Oh my know. god, <laughs> you were as DGAF. I mean, we could not believe the stuff. Again, I was on the other side of the building, but David would sometimes call us over if there was something interesting. And every week, your column would come in, and he'd be like, <laughs> "I cannot." This is what David would say about observations back then. It was ready, fire, aim. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not far off. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't remember if I had media credentials or not. Um, but so I. But also I couldn't watch the race anywhere. So I show up and just like we were talking about with you, with your mechanicing thing, I show up. I don't have anywhere to go, like to watch mm-hmm. the race. There's no mm-hmm. I, either. I don't have a press credential or I don't want to watch it from a building. I don't remember. Um, and so I'm in the stands. I, I, I tried to get in some uh, hospitality stuff, right? Nobody had room or nobody had cover or anything else. Okay. I had no umbrella. I, I think everyone was out of umbrellas. <laughs> so I sat in the stands getting soaked for maybe a heat race or two. Oh, my God. Yes. Just out there. Out there, dude, just getting soaked. So I'm like, screw this. I got in my car. And drove to Timmy Ferry's house, which is an hour and a half away, however long that is. Um, he was hurt, wasn't racing, he was riding for Cowie. And I got into his house just as the main events were starting. Unreal. Yeah. So I watched daytime the Daytime main- program. Yeah, I was daytime program. I was. Because I, I was like, screw this. I can't sit anywhere. I don't have an umbrella. I probably didn't have my uh, perfect storm stuff. And so I just took off and went home. Or went to Timmy's house and we watched it from his house, from his couch. I'm like, hey, I'm coming, you know, I'll be, I'll be there and whatever, you know, an hour and a half or something. So, um, yeah, that's my story of this race. So I, I don't even. It was. I remember how miserable I was in the stands and being like, I'm leaving. Like seriously, I'm leaving because it was pouring, people pouring. Oh yeah, it was. It, it rained as hard as it could rain. But did uh, Timmy know you were coming by and was he cool with you coming by? Yeah, I, I'm sure I texted him or something. Kick the door in. No, no, I think that oh, okay. was. I think you know what. That's the week I filmed the video with Matt Ware and everybody. That week oh, uh, before the race. Uh, it would have been 08? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Right. Where I, where he was Timmy. hurt. Yes. I was there with you guys. Right. That was really fun. He was hurt, and I came back and filmed the video like I was Timmy. I squeezed into some O'Neal gear. You yep. know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, well, I just acted like I was Timmy. And like the audience was probably like, what? But I was like, yeah, I just yeah, feel great. really good. You, you, I, you, know. you were hugging Evie. You came home. Like, yep. this is my wife. She's my rock. <laughs> right, right. And then I think you even went out and rode his supercross track and let and let JT block past the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. I rode his factory <laughs> Cowie, jumped on his yes. factory Cowie, rode around his supercross track, did a couple of small jumps, very small ones. And then, yeah, we were like, I'm like, I'm training. I'm getting ready. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, this was then. I, okay, so you were... I don't know how to describe it. Like, I wasn't full-time Racer X, and you weren't either, but we were definitely involved, and we were doing projects together yeah by this point yeah yeah i think so um so that's where we were at so daytona 08 you're announcing uh, you you got your your umbrella and your microphone um can you tell any can you tell who who's who probably not good god watching this race back i I can't i have no idea no but i can tell you that we even just standing on the floor could see better than the tv show is just atrocious it's like a combination you're using fog or raindrops no, Ralph, Ralph fills us in. The fireworks smoke is blocked. The, the Ralph says it on the broadcast. The fireworks oh. from the start in the main event was the smoke was drifting over. Like the first three laps, yeah, a quarter of the lap, you can't even see the riders. There's so smoke in the camera. Like I, it's just, 
I got yeah, some, there's stu- some of that. Yeah, I got some stuff it. to say about the riders here coming up short or about the announcers. Okay. So anyways, um, so it, it was hard to see, like you watch the TV show and maybe their monitors were better or something. It didn't seem like you could tell much. Um, I remember my memories of seeing this stuff was better than what I was seeing watching back on TV. So I think on the floor I was, um, I was just on the NASCAR pit lane. So the, you know, the right side of the track where the finish line is yeah. this, that year. And, uh, yeah, the problem in a mud race is not just that they get covered, but there's just such an unbelievably large gap between everybody yeah. that it's really hard to tell who is where. Um, but I don't remember really having a problem uh, following yeah, it. It, it wasn't it that bad. Uh, so yeah. setting the stage here, uh, Chad Reed is the uh, points leader here because Stu goes out at uh, – this is the Anaheim one, right? He rides the first two and then the knee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic Stu and Chad. Mm-hmm. Chad wins round one. Stu wins round two. And then Stu – in practice at round three, announces, I have a torn ACL, I'm not racing anymore. Right. And that's what he says. What, it, what He was only at 50% or something. I don't remember uh, that since, one. Yeah, yeah. He said something like that. Stu and Cowie, I give him the credit. They actually invited the media over to their hauler, and then James explained. Like, he didn't just disappear. Right. He didn't ride practice, and then they invited us over, uh, myself with the webcast, Aaron Bates, and a bunch of other journalists, and James talked to us, which is un-James-like. I, I appreciate it. But he threw in the not too veiled shot at Chad, basically saying, I beat Chad last week, and I was only 50%. Yeah. Uh, um, so so this, at that point, it's like Chad's going to dominate, and then Wyndham comes, starts to come to life. Chad is and, also going out on Friday nights a lot this year. Oh, yeah. It was an epic season. Really more for that than the racing. Obviously. Yeah, this was Chad being like, I think I, I'm going to see how little I can do and win the Supercross title. That's Chad, yeah. That was Chad's, uh, I think, mantra that year. Uh, yeah, I, I I could see that it was it was quite disrespectful to the threat of Wyndham. Uh, <laughs> it really was. He was coming on strong, but but there was Chad so not concerned, right? No, that no, he's just not at all. Um, yeah. And a two fifty yeah. class lines up here, and we're gonna talk to Trey Kennard. But dude, so Kennard wins the first two rounds, and I mean, we I remember t- people telling me like he's just like obviously he's a factory connection rider, and you know more about him than I do, coming from amateurs. Uh, people are like he—he's supercross isn't his thing. He'll be good, but you know he's going to learn supercross and and he'll be better outdoors. And dude, the guy takes off with the first two weeks. It's gone. Yeah, it was it was unreal. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I mean, Trey was very good. Um, you know, at Loretta's that year, and he had some good rides, even the few nationals that he did at the end of the year. But it wasn't this guy's so good he's going to win his first supercross race ever. Uh, but I will give credit to our buddy Jim Holly who two years in a row, I, I think the previous year, Dungey did the exact same thing. I think Dungey won the opener. I might have the year slipped. It was either Trey and Dunge or Dungeon Trey. I think Dungeon Trey. Both years, two years in a row in Atlanta, the East opener was won by a dude in his first Supercross. And both years after practice, Jim made the rookie his pick. I was like, this dude is insane. He's like, huh? who do you think's going to take it tonight, Weege? And I'm like, uh, I'm going to go with Josh Grant. Because yeah. I think RV's wrist was a little jacked. Yeah, something like that. I'm, like, yeah. I'm going to go Grant. He's like, I'm going Kennard. I'm like, Kennard? He's never even raced a Supercross. And you think he's going to win? I saw it. I saw it in practice. Lo and behold, <laughs> checks out. Uncle Jim. Shots. Right. Yeah, Uncle Jim, man. Credit to Hollywood. I will never forget that he two years in a row he picked a dude who had never raced a Supercross <laughs> to win, and he did. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the 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 – it's one practice. We're told there's one practice. Um, and then there's uh, short and heat races, short and main events for this thing. And it is unbelievably bad. We'll get into the 450 class in a second. But, dude, Kennard hole shots. And basically, 
takes off again. Now, RV is coming. At one point, they show – I mean, the, yeah. the, first of all, it's a horrific mutter, so I can't blame the broadcast crew too much. But there's not much going on that they can capture because nobody knows who's what or who's in what spot. But RV is coming on at one point. Yeah, RV was already getting kind of salty, um, and it would get worse as the season goes on. And I want to ask Trey about that because, at, okay, at the first race, RV had had a wrist injury. I think he was coming in not 100%, whereas Trey was 200. Remember that? Yeah. Trey was always 200% yeah. back then. Did he have it on the back of his pants? I thought he put it on the back of his pants. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, but then, like, RV, I think, was like, shoot, now he won two in a row. I really can't let this guy win three in a row. Um so RV comes after him, and uh, yeah, he 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 goes down by the mechanics area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Villapoto does. I remember seeing that like right in front of me, and I'm like, dude, I don't know if this is gonna work out. Like this kid is gonna win again. And by the way, Trey was pulling every start. It was like, I remember talking to Ben Townley, who I I think the previous year Townley had won the t- or two years earlier Townley had won the title, and then mm-hmm. stop me if you've heard this before. He was injured and he was not able to compete. <laughs> oh, that's odd. Yeah, I think uh, Quasimodo was in this one. Yeah, uh, riding, filling in for Townley, and I'm like, "Hey, BT, this can't keep up, right? Like, he can't just whole shot every race and like not have a problem, right?" He's like, "No, I think he will." And I'm like, "Seriously?" He's like, "I'm he's just gonna whole shot eight rounds." He's like, "Yeah, I think he can do it." And I'm like, "Okay." And then he just looks at me during the main, and there's Trey taking off again. And I'm like, <laughs> "What is going on with this guy?" So the broadcast shows Villa. I I don't think. I, I watched this about a week ago, and then I just watched the 450s. Mm-hmm. I think Villapoto crashes again, or he just disappears. Or they don't catch that mechanics <laughs> crash on there because RV's on him, and then, dude, next thing you know, RV's gone, and they don't have any answers. It's Ricky, Ralph, and Fro in the booth, and they don't have any answers at all. So it's odd. But yeah, I think there was the crash. I think they had the mechanics area crash. Okay. And then, yeah, there's another time I think he's creeping up. And then next thing you know, he's just gone. And then we never see him again. We never see him again. But he gets second. (laughs) But we never. It's it's just, that's it. We watch watch Trey ride around. Um, And the track at this point was bad, but not horrifically bad like the 450s. Right? Yes. I mean, this is a a mud race. There's no doubt about it. Yep. But uh, if I remember right, like all day it was like, you know, because. I mean, you know my theory, Steve. It's always salvageable. They can always do something with it. So if I remember right, I think all day it was like raining pretty bad. But it's like, hey, if it stops, they'll keep working it. Ah, it rained again. All right. Maybe if it stops. But finally, as the 450 main was starting, or maybe just a few <laughs> laps into it, it finally dumped to the point where it's like, yeah, we're done. Like, this is just going to be the most epic mutter ever. It was like really bad for the 250s. And I mean, the worst thing ever for the 450s. Right, yep. right. Um. Yep. <clears throat> So, uh, all right, well, so Trey wins again, three in a row. His points lead is almost a full race after three races over Sipes <laughs> and Ben, ben Coisey, Coisey-Moto. By the way, ben, Coisey-Moto is third in points. Coisey-Moto is third in points, yeah. Wow. Great great nickname, by the way. Because oh, yeah. RV got zero points at the opener because that is, he crashed. He and, uh, yeah, he and yeah. Grant ran into each other. Yeah. You never really knew where RV and Grant stood with each other. It was like good, then it was like nasty, then it was like nah, it's just good battling. I, I feel like there was a lots of ups and downs with those two. I feel like Grant didn't like anybody, you know. And Jay nah, and Jay Bone just just told me that the other week. Grant didn't like any of his teammates, so he just wanted to do his own thing. But um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So um, great race for Canard, just just fantastic. And I just remember being blown away by this kid that I was told, you know, wasn't going to be great at Supercross, and I'm like, oh boy. Pretty damn good. Um, oh, also, yeah. we shouldn't mention 
it's a Daytona Supercross by Honda at this point. I don't know when Honda started doing the Daytona thing, but we had a 40-year Honda anniversary or 30-year. Oh, dude, it was like forever. I mean, the six-time yeah. wins back yeah, they, in you know, 89, that was Honda. Oh, yeah, it had been forever, man. Right, so this was a big deal for the Honda guys for sure. So, um, yep. All right, do you want to talk to Kennard? Yeah, let's do it. All right, yep. Lee at Re-Raceables, let's, uh, let's bring in Trey Kennard. I don't even know where to start. We've got Trey, Re- Trey, Trey Reed. We, <laughs> we talked about Chad Reed. We talked about Chad Reed losing this race with two turns to go, so that's tragic. But we do have a super awesome, great, fantastic story that comes out of this. We've got Trey Kennard on the line, and you win, and I don't know where to start. Is it how cool it is to win this epic Daytona race or this amazing run that this was a part of? Like, you could not have had a better beginning of your Supercross career. Like, my gosh, you should have retired. You've just been undefeated. Dude. <laughs> it was Just leave it was undefeated. Like the, it was like both the best thing and the worst thing that has ever happened to me. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny, How's though, I, Trey, what, what is funny about this is I specifically remember talking to some idiot amateur motocross expert. I don't – maybe it was Weege. I don't know. But they, <laughs> they, literally, they literally told me, Trey, hey, man, he's not – He's not that good at Supercross. He this is a learning year for him, and like he'll do okay because he's on. I mean, you're on a factory Honda bike, so so you know people believe in you. But I literally remember somebody telling me he's Supercross isn't his thing. It's going to take some time to figure it out, and you rip off three straight wins. So I don't know who that idiot was, but it, it, I'd like to go back and slap him. Yeah, there's probably on the, the message board somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but you know what? Do you know what I mean? Though you weren't. This was not expected. No way. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, there was RV and there was Josh Grant, and they were kind of the focus, you know? Like, there was the pre-race show that year, and um, I remember they, they didn't even mention me in the show as being a part of that ghost. <laughs> right. They um, they interviewed Josh Grant and, and, um, and RV, and uh, I just remember RV saying, yeah, you know, this coast is kind of light. It'll just be me and, and Josh Grant, and the next guy will be a distant third. Oh, oh. Uh, so <laughs> I was just like, I, I used that, you know, because okay. I don't know. I just, I remember we had a, a slogan. It was D3, and, it, and what it meant was distant third. So that was oh. kind of like, um, you know, my motivation to get up in the morning and, and give 200%, which, which was – that's that was I probably way overused that. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it was. <laughs> oh yeah. That was that was definitely like just optimistic seventeen year old. Two hundred percent, man. You just got to give two hundred percent. But um, yeah, it was awesome, dude. Like so cool. But also, like from then on, I just expected that I should win because uh, because those three races went so good. Okay, so Daytona is obviously part of it. Uh, maybe we'll go to the win streak at one point, but. Can we just talk about the crazy mud? Like, can we just talk about how nuts it was? <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember, you know, we did, I think we did the first, because there was just two practices then. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, I think they were both qualifying practices. And um, we did the first one and it, dude, it just, like, I don't know that I've ever seen rain come down that hard. <laughs> and um, it was the first year that they dug into the ground. Uh, like, pretty much every jump was had a giant pit before it. And no. so it, it was kind of like the, the worst case scenario for that much rain. It, it was like, I remember, you know, walking around the track and just like seeing how much water was there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost wasn't even mud in some places. It was, it was so much water. Do, do you, uh, well, hold on. Were you a good mud rider? 
Did you think you could do well? Were you fine with this, or were you just like, ah, this is? I mean, it was horrifically bad. It was almost, you know, like you said, it was a bit of a bit of a joke uh, with the water in the in these holes. But did you? Were you like, ah, oh, yeah, I got this? Um, you know, I had like this like really naive optimism. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like, uh, you know. To become a good athlete, you I think you have like this good mix of like kind of knowing where you are and then having an idea of where you want to be. And um, you know, I just had in my mind that, you know, nothing really that challenging had happened to me in my career at that point, like racing wise. Um, in the last three, four years of my amateur career, everything went pretty well. And I just remember thinking, you know, hey, you know, Ricky kind of set this example that if you just work hard and you do your best, like good things will happen. And so I like I was just living in this naive optimism, like, oh, yeah, I work really hard. Good things are going to happen for me, like Joe Dirt in the mirror, you know, like <laughs> things are going to happen for me. I'm Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, it really kept up. I don't I don't really think of you having anything bad happen at all. In your in careers, no, pretty much yeah, smooth sailing. Yeah, the really, whole time. Sm- really smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess to answer your question, like I just uh, those, especially those first three rounds, I like I really had no expectations. I was just like, I'm just gonna go do my best, and whatever happens, happens. And somehow I won three in a row, and then it seemed like from that point in the series on, I had the pressure that, that I expected that I should win, but. I think Daytona like really tops it off for me. Cause that was just, man, it was just, um, I mean, I still have that Jersey in my house because I left it completely muddy and framed it. Oh, because, no way. Oh, cool. Because it was, it was just uh, a super special night, you know, just, I mean, even to win Daytona in the lights class to me is a special thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and that night for me, like I'll always remember, I think most people will remember that night. They, oh, yeah. they they were focusing on RV. I don't know how, when's the last time you watched it on TV or whatever, but RV was catching you, and then he just he was just gone. I still don't know if aliens got him. Obviously, he crashed, or I don't even know, but <laughs> he, he he caught you, and then, dude, the next shot, he is gone, and you have this huge lead again. Yeah, yeah. I was. I just remember it was the weirdest race because I I. Uh... I, I got the whole shot somehow. I had a horrible jump out of my gate. I remember I, I pulled into my gate and the water was over like the bottom of my wheel. And um, <laughs> I'm like this. And then I remember Brent, my mechanic, trying to pack the gate and he's like literally just stomping water. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I got the whole shot and I, I just remember like it was one of those races that seemed easy to me. Like I was watching RV kind of creep up on me, but I was like, I'm just going to try to hit my marks and mm-hmm. not crash because it seems like what I'm seeing most of the whole night is people are just crashing like crazy. So, um, I felt like, man, if I just kind of maintain this or, or at least don't make the mistakes that I, I think I can win this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was going to be my exact thing. Yeah. Were you pushing or were you like, I just want to survive or I, I were, were you thinking about the goals to win or the goals to just not DNF, which was it? Um, I was, I mean, still so naive. Like I, okay. DNF wasn't even a thing, you know, oh. like, I mean, I'm like water and dirt bikes. They don't mix, you know, like this is, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But, um, I remember I pushed really hard for a little bit and then I almost looped out over, um, one of the doubles. Yeah. Like I was spinning, 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 and then it caught traction. I almost looped out. 
and then from then on, I was like, okay, just don't make mistakes and try to, you know, just maintain this thing. And I think because I had clear vision, because I was out front from the get go that I, I thought like, man, I can probably just maintain this if I just stay up. Right. Oh man. Uh, and walk crossing the finish line must have been so cool for you because uh, it's back then it's the Daytona Supercross by Honda. It's a huge deal. You're a rookie. You get the third win. Like it's just everything massive win for you. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, like just that whole like all three of those races are tied together for me somehow just yep. because um, it was like just I was living a dream. You know, like I really. <laughs> really did not expect to win that year um i was hoping to for podiums you know yeah and then to win three in a row too which was like which was crazy you had a tw- uh, you had a 24 point lead after this race <laughs> i yeah crazy right crazy. yeah yeah and, and again like I, it was like one of the best things and worst things that happened to me both in that series and i think in my career um because it was awesome you yeah. know like you don't turn down three races you don't turn down, you know, a championship points lead. Um, but the expectations from then on, mm-hmm. both in that series and my career, were, were the bar was really high for myself. Weed, do I, do I got this right? Like about Trey coming into the season and just kind of like, hey, he's not a championship guy. Like, yeah, like he's just going to be, he's going to figure it out. He's going to learn. Like, well, dude, he was a rookie. Like, I, I think that's just pretty much a blanket. Yeah, I guess. Right. right. Statement. I mean, I know Dunge did the same thing and, and won the first race he was in. But, I mean, we don't generally expect this. Um, and, yeah, Villapoto and, and Grant were established. But here's what I remember. Once you started winning, I remember, like, <laughs> Villapoto was not treating you well. Like, there was sly <laughs> trash talk. We're just going to wait for this kid to screw up and make a mistake. He, he called you a dirty rider a couple times. Did you catch that stuff? He was salty. He was salty. salty. I I just remember thinking like, what did I do? You know, like <laughs> this, this guy. Like I look up to him. Why why is he so salty towards me? <laughs> yeah, he really was. He really yeah, was. And, like he, he was saying things like, I'm just going to fall apart the rest of the series, and, and uh-huh. uh, I'm I'm really hurting my own self because I'm going to point out of the class too soon. And, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I just remember thinking like, wait, he's so mean. Why is he doing this to me? I'm I'm just this like goony kid in a chest protector with my lead. Yet tucked into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, though, they they changed the rules for 250 Supercross again. And one of the things I heard was, do you think Trey Kennard's ready to go up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they need to change these rules because you did win so early. You were a smaller guy. And I remember that down the road being like, well, and I, and I agreed with it. I'm like, no, he, you know, he's not ready for a 450 deal yet. And so there was a change of the rules at some point here, Weege. Do you remember that? I do. I don't know. Was that specifically? Do you know if that was specifically for you? <laughs> I do remember it changed. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I remember um, up until that point, I was gonna, I was gonna have to, like, I had a chance to defend my title, and then I was gonna have to move up the next year. And, yeah. Wow. Like instantly, I rem- remember J.C. Waterhouse was our team manager um, at Geico, and he w- he was like, "That's not gonna happen. You know, they're not, we're not, we're not gonna let that happen." So. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, I don't remember being too worried about it. Right. Um, but uh, I was, like like I said, a little overly oh. optimistic about a lot of things. So. Weege, Weege, what do you think uh, Trey's trainer, Greg Dorenzo at the time, thought about Trey's? Oh, well, that's why I, I want to get into this. I want okay. to get into Trey's crew. You had, <laughs> you had the coolest, most hilarious 
crew. You know, your your, your mechanic had been with you for a long time. Uh, your brother Air Dog, who we're, we're still buddies with now. Your mom, Care Bear. But first, let's talk Greg Dorenzo, the trainer. Greg Dorenzo. You're gonna move up. What a up. hilarious guy, dude. Forget about waiting another year. You're gonna move up next year. We're gonna win that one too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're gonna crack some skulls. Trey had this. Tra- Everybody's trainer, right? Is always for people at home don't understand this. Everybody's trainer is usually some bicycle guy, right. some lean, mean bicycle machine. And Trey shows up with this yoked guy from Jersey. And me and my buddy Kevin Kelly could not resist the amount of jokes. We did. We one time had Greg Durenzo go around Loretta's doing feats of strength with Kevin Kelly on his back. He did pull-ups with Kevin Kelly on his back. He did push-ups with Kevin Kelly on his back. He was the least motocross-looking motocross trainer ever. But obviously it was working, dude. Right. Oh, man. Honestly, like. I feel like Dorenzo was a little bit ahead of his time. You know, there was, especially in that time, it was like cycling, cycling, cycling. Mm-hmm. Everybody's cycling all the time. And we, you know, we did cardio, but um, like nothing really over an hour. And, you know, we did a lot of gym work. And um, I see a lot more of that happening now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's it's starting to go a little bit more that way than it was uh, then. Um, but, man, like... I, I have to give Greg a lot of props. Like, I don't know that I probably would have kind of come out with that much intensity and, and just optimism and excitement be- if I wasn't working with Greg because, um, you know, he, he was, I mean, he just motivated me a lot and, um, we worked really hard, like really, really hard. And, and, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for him. I, I'm still friends with a guy. Like I, I love the dude. He's just a really good person, and man, it's so fun to talk about him. Like just the, the accident. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, count me as uh, not shocked that he preferred the gym work. Uh, <laughs> we did a lot of gym work. Trace says, "Oh, really? Oh." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for some reason, like, he just, he just lifted weights. I, yeah, he just I put them down. I don't know. It was odd, yeah. <laughs> Did, I always wonder this. So he's Jersey guy. Did he – was he in Oklahoma all the time or California all the time with you? Like, how did that part work? Um, He kind of bounced around. Okay. Um, and, you know, when, when I worked with people, I never really had someone that was there, like, 100% of the time or – uh Two hundred percent of the time, you know. Two hundred percent. But uh, everyone else is given a hundred percent. We're gonna get two hundred. <laughs> and guess what? Next year we're gonna do three hundred. That that's how we talk too. You guys are nailing it, both of you. Like, awesome. Seriously, that's exactly what he's doing. Say, hey Trey, do good in the curves. Do good. <laughs> do good in the curves, Trey. <laughs> no, but um, and, and I, you know. I was always so hard on myself, you know, like I really was pretty self-motivated, you know, so um, I kind of just needed someone to give me some guidelines and, and then maybe be around me every now and then. And, and so that's kind of how we did things. I did things my whole career that way. And that's kind of how I did things with Greg, too. Like he would come from time to time. Sometimes he would stay, you know, multiple weeks, sometimes a few days. And, and um, yeah, it, it seemed to work like that. We, you know. I always had a good relationship with him to where I could call him constantly. And, um, I think that, that worked really good for me. Like I, I almost think having someone there with me constantly, I think would, would have like, I don't know. I, I maybe it would have helped me. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have pushed so hard, but, um, but yeah, it worked good for that time. 
Yeah, you, I actually heard, I don't know if it was from Greg or maybe people on your team, that at one point, like a couple years in, they're like, we, we just want Trey to like go to the darn movies or something for once. Yeah. Like, just do something different. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was a serious kid. Like, I, I think probably a lot of it has to do with losing my dad so early. Like, you know, things just became real serious. And um, it just reality of life hit me, you know. So I, I think I, I probably... I could have loosened up a lot, but there was just some circumstances that made it, made it difficult for me to, to kind of let down. So, um, I see, but, um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. Like I, I, uh, like I, I remember, you know, before Atlanta, I rode like five d- days before it, you know, <laughs> like it's just unheard of, you know, Wait, what? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a little bit Friday morning. And, and then we're on Saturday. <laughs> Dorenzo, Dorenzo training. Yeah, Ride more. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do more. Everyone's doing two days. We're gonna do six. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trekking out on the Liat re-raceables brought to you by Blenzol and Maxis. So you still have the jersey. It's still coated in mud. That's awesome. Uh, what'd you do after the? Okay, well, did you watch the 450 race? Did you stick around? Do you remember that? I do. I actually sat on the podium and, and watched, and I just remember, like, no one was really getting around the track besides Chad Reed. Yep, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yep. He was jumping the finish line, like, full water, just wide open. Um, I remember Caleb went in for goggles, like, yep. and then still won the race mm-hmm. with his bike sputtering the whole time. Um, and then I think Jacob Marsat got third. Oh, right? yes, he did. That's right, baby. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember I think Matt Bonney got third in our class, too. Like, it, it was um, – I don't know if that's right or not. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, sure yeah. Like yep. A couple random, you know, privateers um, getting it done. So, uh, what would you, you do that night? Him. Did you go down to uh, Razzles or whatever it is down there? Uh, the, you know, we went to uh, – we went to IHOP, and uh, we got a big steak omelet. Uh, no cheese, no cheese. We're starting. We're staying away from the dairy. So. <laughs> more protein. You need more protein. More protein, yes. more protein. More protein. Oh, that's awesome! Gosh. Hey, didn't you tell me a story when you did win the title that you ate at some Mexican place and I think you, or got ice cream or something, and you said you cried because the meal was so good because you finally got to break the diet for like the Dorenzo diet for like one day or something I, like that. Yeah, we. I remember we went to some Mexican restaurant and they had like fried ice cream or something. And it was just, it was like, I was, I don't know that I was crying, but it took me about 30 minutes to eat that one. Piece. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you were, you were unbelievable. This is, this is what people, this is what I'm missing. This is what I'm missing. Yeah. This is what you're missing every day. Ice cream. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, can't yeah. Do this. Yeah. 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 I, I was savoring every single second. <laughs> I, I was, I was always kind of a husky kid. I like, I like the sweets. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Great to keep you away from that. Um, yeah. So this one really sticks out. I mean, you've won some big races, you've won 450 races even, but this one really sticks out for you. This Daytona one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think like there's something that's, um, just kind of cool about it. Like, uh, mm-hmm. just, I, I think I was so green. Like I, I was just, like the, the optimism and the excitement and, and I mean, a little bit of naivety, like it's just kind of fun. You know, I, I think I see that like a little bit with um, like Jet Lawrence right now, like just mm-hmm. having a good time, you know, and, and uh, just there's there's a lot of joy, I think, in, in that kind of racing that I think riders tend to kind of lose as they go, you know, it yeah. becomes a little more serious or um, 
you know, a little more like just, just to business. And so I think for me, those three races, I, I was having so much fun and, um, and they're really special to me. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Trey. Thanks for the uh, coming on the Lee at Re-Raceables. It's a really cool race. Weege and I have been breaking it down so far, laughing about it a little bit. And, uh, yeah, what a night it was. So thanks, man. Yep. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. I, it's fun to talk about it. So, yeah. All right. See ya. Thanks, yep. Trey. Thanks, yep. guys. Thanks, uh, thanks, Trey. Uh, I'm, I'm there for you two guys talking about Dorenzo. I'm there for that, oh. Weege. Oh, Greg Dorenzo. There's a video I think that's still out there on YouTube where uh, – one of the rounds I had, uh, again, I'm doing the Supercross webcast, so Jimmy and I, Holly and I are doing videos. And then we set up a video where I'm like, you know, Trey Kennard's doing a great job as a rookie, and we want to learn more about this trainer that he has. It has a real unique take on, on training and motocross fitness. And then I had Dorenzo's like, you know, looking at you, pipsqueak, skinny arms, I don't think you know anything about training. And then it just turns into Dorenzo just beating on me. <laughs> just yelling at me, making me cry, making me do push-ups. Oh, it's great. It's still out there on YouTube. i got to find this. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what else you got for this 250 class? Well, uh, not 250s. We watched the show. You and I were actually in the press box watching this at uh, Atlanta earlier this year. The TV show. I don't know where they picked these people from. If you find this on YouTube, just type in Daytona Supercross 2008. The... The show starts and they're like, we want to get some people that are industry insiders to talk about how important the Daytona Supercross is. And here's the group. This is the, these are the people they pick. Mitch Payton, solid choice. Yeah, yeah, I got no problem Chad with that. Chad Reed, yep. solid choice. Tim Ferry, solid choice. Oh, beautiful choice, yeah. Yep. Ricky Carmichael, it's on the track, five wins, of course. Then we've also got the rest of the field will be round out by Bevo. Mm. Steve Cox and Jason Thomas. <laughs> I got a problem with all three of those last ones. I really <laughs> That's do. That's our group. Really? That's our group. Yeah. JT. JT, for some reason, is all over this broadcast. He doesn't miss a chance, JT. Well, yeah, we asked him today. I'm like, JT, why are you all over this TV show? And he's like, in case you noticed, I don't miss a chance to do media. No, no. Um, right. So you've got Reed and RC talking about what Daytona means and how big it is. Yep. And Timmy, like, oh, if you could win this one, it'd be the big one. And then JT. <laughs> like, if you want the big four yeah. of 2008, um, Timmy, RC, Chad, and JT. They also talk about how Mitch Payton and RJ got in a private jet, but then Balby also got to private jet or something. <laughs> yeah, a lot of private yeah, jets yeah. going on. We, we, <laughs> you and I watch a heat race. The Brazilian bomber. Remember Antonio Balby? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was. He, he wins the him, heat. Baby. He wins the heat. He wins the heat, and we were like, "Oh my God, Balby wins the heat!" And we were, we couldn't believe that enough. And then we watch his interview, and he's like, "Antonio Balby's like, I just want to thank Rick Johnson and Mitch Payton for getting me a private jet so I could get to the race." Uh, what? It, yeah, I. You know, I just saw Payton this week. I should have brought. I. I, yeah, I want to know more about this. Right. <laughs> Private jet. Does Mitch Payton or Rick Johnson know who Balby is? I don't know, but if Balby wins heat races after taking private jets, he should get a jet every weekend. <laughs> That's true. Now, uh, later on in the broadcast, they say a bunch of guys were snowed in. Like there was snow in Texas. Yeah. And all the teams pulled together and got a private jet. So I'm assuming that's the jet Balby got on. But he made it sound like <laughs> me, him, uh, me, Mitch, and RJ kicking back. Yeah, just taking jets to the races. <laughs> Balby. Bobby was great. Steve Cox, Bevo, and JT. 
I mean, you want to know what's going down. You you get Steve Cox. Oh, um, <laughs> also, too, the AMA and the DMG did their announcement for this one. This was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Man, a lot is going on here. So, yes, the morning of the race. I remember this. So I don't want to make this too long because it's so insider that most people wouldn't even understand it. I think to this day people don't understand it. In like 2006 or seven, the AMA had said, look, we kind of admit that we're maybe not doing the best job with the races. I don't know if you've noticed. Right. But it seems like people hate us. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> By the way, Steve, it's still called the Supercross class at this time. Uh, oh, don't get me started. That's I have that in my notes. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable <laughs> so- that these people called it the Supercross class. At the Supercross. What do you race? Supercross. No. No, I, I know. But what do you race? No, Supercross. What, what? At the Supercross? Yeah, I race Supercross at the Supercross. Like, yes. what the hell? Yes, yes. Yeah, Chad Reed was the uh, AMA Supercross Supercross champion that year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, AMA pre- <laughs> President Rob Dingman, I remember this quote. It was a money quote. He said, the rule maker is controversial even on its best day. Like, no one loves the referees. So he's like, we are an advocacy group. We're supposed to have motorcyclists like us. This is working against us. We are going to sell racing off. So it puts the whole industry in a tizzy of, like, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to buy it? I mean, I could tell you from the from the MX Sports Morgantown side, they were so afraid. Like, are we going to lose all of our races? Like, we, this is weird. Yeah. So this is like a year-long, like, what is going to happen? And people are putting bids in for the different series. It's all different AMA racing. And then that morning... They announce that it is all, all, all the series, everyone thought different people would buy the different ones, but instead one group bought all of them, which is DMG, Daytona Motorsports Group, which is actually owned by Jim France, the France family of NASCAR. And uh, right now, Jim is like the head honcho of NASCAR, but Jim was a motorcycle guy and he had some plans and he had some people. I think their main focus was to take over road racing, uh, probably a little bit of flat track. I don't think Supercross Motocross was their big thing, but it was... I think to, to get the bid from the AMA was easier to just sign one big check and take it all. Yep. So that morning, people were yeah. freaked out. Yep. I remember people like, telling me it's going to be all spec stuff. Spec tires, spec handlebars. It's all going to be mm-hmm. turned into spec. And I'm like, spec, oh. And, and we won't race at stadiums. It'll be NASCAR infields. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, the whole series will be that. There was so much fear. In the end, as I said, their real interest was road racing. They, uh, they didn't even touch Supercross at all. And then eventually they just called MX Sports and said, hey, you're the motocross people, right? You want to just keep doing it? Like, you worked with the AMA before, now just work with us. Right. Uh, so it didn't affect the dirt bike racing side really much at all. But, uh, I mean, that morning, yeah, man, there's a lot going on. So I'm, like, announcing for the first time, everyone's preparing for this epic mutter, and the entire sport has been rocked. The AMA has been sold off. Um, yeah, big big deal going on. Big deal, yeah. And we, yep. need, we needed Cox and JT and Bevo to comment on it. To weigh in on it. Uh, yeah, later on, they talk about Carmichael's track design, and who do they go to? JT. <laughs> JT. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, by the way, uh, Balby wins a heat. That should give you an indication of what it's going to be like. Marsak gets third in a heat. Jacob Marsak music playing. Absolutely. <laughs> Coming in. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it, it was it was quite a night. So, the, that's the that's what's going on here. The 450 race on the Lee at Re-Raceables here. Um couple things uh early on there's a dusty clat sighting yes yes very yes. stoked on that number 63 well, this is, uh, first year or this the no no this was after this? star yamaha this is 63 on a cowie 
Oh my Sonics. god, I did not remember this. He rode for Star. Yes, the year before. Not good. I not good Star. Not good Clat. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So a couple things. Uh, <laughs> at some point, I don't. I think they're talking about. I think they're talking about Chad's cutting the track, and we'll get talk about that in a second. Um, someone says that's a gray area, Ralph. Ralph goes, that's a brown area. <laughs> I mean, in reference to the to the mud. So good job on that, Ralph. That was good. Ralph, Ralph was Ralph was pretty epic in this. Yeah, like Ralph was selling the drama of this mud race. He he was on his game. I, I think Ralph started in O. Six, I think, uh, doing Supercross. He was fired up on Supercross in 08. Um, he really sends it. Yeah, yeah. He does a good job, for sure. He, he gets into it. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny because – so right away, the start drops. Chad gets the start. Uh, well, passes into the lead right away. Well, he shouldn't. He starts on the inside gate. Yep. He gets a horrible jump, and then he just tucks to the inside and passes 18 guys in the first turn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then yeah. – but then he goes off the track a bunch, right? Like yes. a couple of times yes. – he just cuts a section out, kind of gets you know gets screwy, gets off the track. Uh, later on, he gets stuck. Wyndham goes by him, and he just plows through the inside of the of the bales to jump back in front of Wyndham. Like we all know what happened here. His bike blows up with two corners to go, people. But Weege, I gotta think he might have lost this win. Like he had three to four times where the aim and go like, "Hey, dude, you can't do that." Yeah, yeah, uh, and what it came down to was it was so wet that it was just like, if you're going to get roosted, you're done. So he's literally like, I will cheat before I get past, because if I'm behind Wyndham, I will never be able to pass him. It will be impossible. I will just get watered out. So it was like, if I have to cut the track to not be behind this guy and get roosted. Yeah. So, yeah, he. I remember being like, man, that was uh, a little extreme there. And look, everyone wants to see the Supercross series be exciting, right? So I think for the most part, everyone was hoping that maybe Wyndham would win some races. He was basically a whole race behind in points at this point, right? And Stu's gone, and RC's retired, and there aren't any new guys really on the horizon yet. Like, I don't think anyone realized, say, Villapoto was going to be as good or Dunge as good as they turned out to be. So I think it's like, man, it'd be awesome if Wyndham could make up some points and keep this series interesting because it's a snoozer right now. So when Chad cut the track, I think everybody was like, come on, man! I mean, don't you feel like he would have been penalized? You know, at the time, I had no idea. Uh, I, I, I feel like like say he and, wins and, it, and, right? And, say and, he... I wasn't expecting it. Right. I wasn't. Okay, all right. Because I look watching it back, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure behind Chad, you know, there there's an, isn't a camera on the 20 other guys, uh, the 19 other guys. I'm sure dudes were cutting it all over the place. We we see this in mud races all the time. But uh, I don't know, man. It wasn't a good look for Reedy, uh, for sure, to to cut the track. And it would have been interesting had he taken the win. Uh, it would have been very interesting. A um, couple things. Early Dunge 450 siding here, along with the Clat siding. So good job for that. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Um, but then we started piecing the math together. The next weekend, they race in Minneapolis, and yeah. that's where Dunge gets second yep. behind Josh Hill. So it's like, oh, the new now the new guys are coming. Um, but yeah, Dunge. I mean, I think, I think he'd only like he had just turned pro like a year or two before that. So, yeah. and at one point, he gets up to third in the main. Yeah, yeah, he's closed. in third. Yeah, he's in third. Um, Wyndham. So Chad gets Wyndham early. 
uh, kind of pulls away. Wyndham pulls in the mechanics area for goggles, and Fro and Ricky are not fans. Yeah. They, they, they keep saying, you just got to pull your goggles off and tough it out, man. You, they've said that a couple times, and when Wyndham pulls in, they're both like, I don't know, Ralph. You know, like they were not a fan of stopping for goggles. They were old school. No, I know. And I, I think maybe the theory was like, look, your face is going to be so covered. You're going to be like, you're going to have water and sand in your in your goggles anyway. So what's it what's it going to do? Yeah, so I, was, I, I remember this race was like, Wyndham almost passes Chad. Chad cuts the track, gets a huge lead, and then his bike blows up. But it was more back and forth yeah. than I remember. There were like two or three runs of like, Chad stalls, Wyndham gets to him. Chad messes up again. Chad cuts the track, holds Wyndham off. Uh, but you couldn't battle for long. You were just getting roosted so bad. So I'm sure that's what Wyndham was dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at one point, they both stall, and Dunge actually gets right to them, and then he stalls. Yeah, he stalls. Yeah, and, yeah. No, no he start at this point. Everybody, Everybody's kicking. No. Um, well, Dunge's on a Suzuki, bro. Yeah, yeah, he's still kicking, right. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple things for the announcers that I want to bring up. I, I thought this was... You know, again, it's hard to call a mud race. We, you know that it's hard. Yeah. Um, yep. So they talk about they talk about the uh, track cutting a couple times. Ralph touches on it. Ralph's on it. He 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 says, "What about this track cutting?" And then like nothing kind of happens. It's silence. Then yes, five minutes. Do, right. The analysts and Fro do not want to touch it. They say nothing. Then they say literally they don't want to do anything to do with rules. Right. So then Ralph says, "We've heard from the AMA." It's under review. They're going to look at it. Okay, so that's like two minutes later, right? So Ralph has okay. somebody in his ear or whatever, or Bondo yeah, yeah, tells him yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Then, two minutes after that, Fro says the AMA's already ruled on it. And uh, it's not the announcer's call, Fro tells him, but it's not our call. <laughs> uh, they're like, so scared. Like, Fro, we know it's not your call. We know. <laughs> we know that. And also, Ralph said it was under review still. He didn't say the AMA ruled on anything at this point. So I, I thought that was hilarious. These guys were just scared shitless to talk about this this ruling or their opinions on Yeah, what on was going to happen? Right. It's, yeah, because Ralph just says, he's like, you got to wonder, though, even if Chad holds on, will he be penalized for that? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Two guys. Neither one wanted to touch. No, no. I thought that was hilarious. And also, I thought it was great. Uh, so Fro, it's the Daytona Supercross by Honda. Fro is like, uh, man, um, Ricky, you know, you rode for Honda. You won here. Just how big was that? You know, setting him up to talk about how the Honda bosses maybe were, maybe there was more Honda bosses, maybe it was more money, whatever. Ricky yeah. goes, it's big for every OEM. Okay, yeah, so, so all right, okay, so we got nothing. So Fro circles back and goes, wow, Ricky, is there, I mean, you, you know, when you ride a Honda, is there more pressure at this event, you know, because it's the Supercross of Honda? Ricky goes, Possibly so. <laughs> I was just dying. I'm like, Fro's trying. Ricky, you're on a Honda forever. You won this thing every year on a Honda. Can you tell us anything at all it's, about a Honda rider you, winning this race? <laughs> Possibly so. Are you Are you going to get a phone call from Suzuki Japan saying, how dare you comment? Uh, was that, oh, Honda. you know what? I never even thought of that. Is that what's going through his mind? I didn't think about I, I that part. You, he must be like, but I'm under contract with Suzuki. I cannot speak about Honda. I guarantee you. <laughs> I, do, I, I must was not just, comment on this topic. I'm just going, Ricky goes, possibly so. Possibly well, so. If only there was a guy on a, who rode a Honda at this race and won it. <laughs> and if only. to know. <laughs>
possibly. I don't know. Evidence is inconclusive. Right. I'd have to talk to somebody. Right. I'd I'd start, to ask somebody. Uh, if there's anybody in this booth who rode a Honda and won this race, could we please find out? So, yeah. anyways, I had to laugh at those two moments. <laughs> I, I was that is uh, pretty good. I, what I what I liked about it was Carmichael was just giddy beside himself over how disastrous and crazy and wild he is. Like, yeah. He cannot yeah. help him. He is just having a ball. Just look at this section. Oh, my God. Look at that bike. <laughs> oh, look at that. Like, they really do define, and TV wants this. Like, Fro and RC together are, they always say, like, we just wanted to sound like two buddies drinking beer on the couch together. Yeah. They are that. They are that, yeah. yeah. They are just laughing, loving it, yelling, screaming. Bikes are stuck. Smoke everywhere. Uh, it is just two dudes having a ball. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I I had to laugh at the the track cutting thing and the Honda thing made me laugh. But yeah, they, they do they do generally a good job when you don't know who's who or what's going on. I mean, when Chad breaks down, they circle yeah. a guy and be like, "Here's Wyndham," and it's not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they didn't even. They and I don't blame them. I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They, they don't know. Yeah. You know. Well, not only you can't you can't tell who's who, but I also think I bet you the cameras and the director still the guys at this time, like director Jeff Manhart, it's like, you can't even probably say like, hey, Dunge is in fourth. Can we get a camera on him? They probably can't find him. No, like, no. Yeah. How are you gonna f- so right. there's nothing. Like, you can't even, you never see the dudes because they can't even find them. And even if you did, they wouldn't even know it's them. And the um, announcers wouldn't even know it's them. So uh, it's, yeah, it's just following Reed around mostly. Dude, and he, he, I remember thinking okay. this on the side of the track, and you can see it on TV. What the hell was he doing? Dude, why was he riding so hard? There's water flying out of the back of his exhaust, just coming right out of it. He's wheeling into puddles. He's not, hey, did he did the finish line on this on the last lap? He jumped the finish line, which is that doesn't affect the DNF, but you're just like, holy no. smokes. Like I just remember him hitting this yes. water, and eventually he's got a gigantic lead. Wyndham's given up. Wyndham's gone to the mechanics area for goggles. There's no chance, there's no pressure, and he was just flying. Yeah, and, and what about uh, that little switchback where the puddle was four feet deep? The little oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, my yeah. God. RC, another one. RC just yeah, loved that. yeah, he, lo- he loved that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you're right. So you you know his bike is shooting out water. He's aggressively riding out there. He's flying through the puddles. He's jumping doubles. Yeah, definitely easy yeah, to I don't see. Know. Now, I, I, the only thing I can think of is. Dudes were getting stuck, so and we had talked about to Trey about this when we had him on earlier on the show. Like maybe it was like, if I just pin it, I won't get stuck. Maybe that was the strategy. But right. it seemed to me like maybe you don't need to hit every puddle <laughs> wide open. Uh, also, um, uh, as as Trey talked about the year that they dug a bunch of holes. You know, the, the first year they d- yeah. dug a bunch of holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just standing water. It it uh, it was it was brutal. Uh, a man who was certainly there and uh, and had a lot of lot to do with uh, the the main theme of this race, which was Chad Reed blowing up with two two uh, corners to go. I, although he had nothing to do with that, Oscar Werderman was Chad's longtime mechanic, uh, the Swedish miracle himself. Uh, we called Oscar to talk to him um, about that race and his feelings and everything else. And uh, let's get into uh, into that right now. Next up on the re-raceables from the folks at Liat and Maxis and Blenzall to talk about 08 Daytona Mud Race was the mechanic that didn't get the victory, didn't get the bonus check, and had to do all the work to the motorcycle when Chad Reed blew up with two turns to go. 
Oscar Werderman. What's up, Oscar? How are you, man? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you guys? We're good, man. So, dude, re-watching this race, and, and we've been talking about it this whole podcast, like, he was crushing it. Chad was crushing it. But also, he really was going through a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was one big straightaway where he kept wheeling the whole time and maybe dunking the front. Yeah. If I remember it correctly, which we, uh, which we tried him to during. But the, the even crazier was because we're, we're sitting on the line, and obviously they were full of water everywhere. Right. And at the wind and was almost Wyndham was almost right next to us. Yep. And his bike were running super bad before the start. Okay. So me me and Chad were like, Well, it's gotta be easy. Uh but no. <laughs> what so, do you think that was? Like did they just have so much tape over uh, the airbox? Like why would his bike be running bad? Nobody did a parade lap. Yeah, I don't really know. Or you know, there was wet some electronics or or something, okay. right? Because uh, it, it was a lot that's for sure. So, uh, any way you could signal to him, or what were you, you just, once the gate dropped, you had, your board wasn't working, it was raining, you just sat back and watched? No, because everybody went on the radio, like, you know, because he had a big lead, we're like, stop do, doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> stop, stop going so fast in the big puddles. But obviously, yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't see us, right? Right. Oh, so uh, you so, so you guys were aware during the race that this he's getting that he's getting the thing too wet. Yeah, especially because he was at the time so much faster that he could definitely slow down, right? And right. stay in the bike, maybe. Right. Um, that was that, that was would have been our goal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was there like? Do you think it was partially like he was afraid of getting stuck, so that's why he was hitting everything so fast? Because it did seem like overkill. But I'm like, maybe it was like he was just worried about getting stuck, or did he literally think he needed to go that fast? Did he not know how big a lead he had? Uh, yeah, no, I think he just wanted to, you know, to dominate, so to speak, right? And I see. Obviously, it was muddy too, and he had fun. I know until the bike broke, right? Oh, then it, then oh. it wasn't that much fun. What was the bike like when he took it apart? Uh, so on, we stayed afterward and did you know the build on Sunday, I believe. Yep. And uh, when we took the header pipe off, uh, it could have been fishing there almost because there was so much water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see late in the race, there's water coming out from the exhaust, just pure water, right? Yeah, yeah. The homeless went in a trash can there. And then obviously, you know, shipped the engine back to to California. Yep. And I remember when I, when I took the head off the engine, it was full of water and sand in there too. <laughs> oh my god! Just, yes. I mean, Oscar, you you did the GPS for a number of years. You've you've been a mechanic over here for a long time. Is that the worst mutter Supercross ever? I think it's the well, I think it's the worst one with water. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. In, in Europe, we had a lot of muddy ones, but it was just mud, right? With just lakes. Right, right. Um, when he got back to the truck, what did he say? Yeah, it was a rush. What did he say? What did you say to him? What? Anything? Do you remember any moments where he did anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw him where he stopped, right? And I was walking to get the bike, and yep. I was like, 
I'm not going to talk to you. I'm, I'm not going to talk to you right now. <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really right. Um, but Go ahead. But if he won, he would not have won because he got docked the position for cutting the track. Hey, I was wondering. So they did actually dock him. They did. I didn't yes, know that. Because, yeah, because he did shit for 10 years about this. That I cost oh. him the win, you know, because we're friends, right? Yeah. In a funny way. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, you would have been second because he docked your position for cutting the track. Oh so wow! Okay. That's pretty bad. But I, wow, I, he did cut it horribly. But I just figured the A may be an A may. He's like, ah, he didn't end up winning anyway, so who cares? But whatever yeah. he got, he actually was supposed to be one position better than that. Yeah, because I think he got sixth for the end of the result. Is that correct? He got seventh on the official results. Seventh. Oh. Yes, but he, but he was, and then uh, yeah, he wanted yeah. to dock in time or something. Right, right. Uh, up, he got docked which, which makes sense, because as we discussed earlier in this podcast, he, uh, yeah, he, he took some liberties, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's, that's a heartbreaker for you, because like, you got to do all the work. Right and and there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously he lost a lot of money and he loses a Daytona win, but you got to do all the work, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough Sunday for for most people, that's for sure. It was, it was a lot of a lot of heart in the dumpster at the hotel. Yeah, yeah, really. Right, that's, that's a <laughs> yeah, good point. Wait, did you actually ship that engine back, or do they just like screw it? No, we shipped it back. Really, we shipped it back. Cause Wow, that's uh, that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, he, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's hard to say because the camera's just on him most of the race. But yeah, dude, just not even caring about the water, just plowing through water. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, hey, he was trying to win. He was trying to win, so he's just going for it. I get it. But you know, looking back on it, you can easily yeah. see where uh, where it is. So yeah. Gosh. Yeah, because I think even at the, at the starting line, uh, you because know, it, it was you know before the metal, yeah, like the, the ruts are always pretty deep at uh, Daytona, and it got a foot and a half of water. Yeah, like it was nuts. Yeah, it, it, I, watching it back, Oscar, I forgot how bad it really was. Like seriously, I'm like, oh my god, look at this thing. So. <laughs> Uh, well, and, yeah, I, I haven't really re- I rewatched it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, really, shock. Yeah, shocking. Um, I, I think the way it worked was it was pretty bad, pretty bad, pretty bad. And then I feel like right before the 450 main or even during, that's when it finally really let loose. Like it went from horrible to like unbelievably bad. And I think the main was just like deluge the whole time. Like it was the worst case scenario. Yeah, if I remember correct, I think because we – the pits were on the, uh, you know, on the road race track, on the pit exit. Yeah. And I, I, I believe the whole thing was flooded before the main. Like, it was so much work. Oh, yeah, that would be. That would be, too. Yeah. Oh, man. What a bummer. Um, So, Chad, okay, you just left Chad alone. Was the team, like, uh, whatever happens, or was LB or yourself even? Like, how frustrated were the rest of you guys? Or were you able to just shrug it off as a mud race? No, but you're always super bummed, right? Because you you want your motorcycle to uh, finish the race, right? Because otherwise, yeah. you know, you let the ride out. Uh, so obviously, there were some changes done to our airboxes mm-hmm. uh, and stuff afterwards. 
you never know if that would have helped or not, but he, he, right. yeah, we tried to do improvements so we wouldn't have the same situation again. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, the, the whole the whole airbox was full of water and mud. What? Who was Chad's like, team? Like who was Chad's teammate there? Did he finish? Why? Well, I, mean, I don't know who it was that year. Was it Nate? Uh, I think maybe Ramsey. Okay. He might have been. I think he got hurt. Right? He broke. Maybe he broke a collarbone or something. Before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't see him in the results, so yeah, I wasn't no, sure. No, oh. twelve. Oh, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Oh, he didn't get twelve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't think he did the whole season. Right. Well, looks like Nathan's mechanic was a little better than Oscar that night, huh, Weech? Uh, yeah. I mean, what can we say? Yeah. Still got seven. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. You still beat him, <laughs> even, even with the bike not crossing the finish line. Uh, yeah, they technically did the same distance, the same amount of laps, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Oscar, thanks for joining us, man. I just wanted to get, get, your, uh, get your words on this race. It's epically amazing. Kennard and Wyndham take the wins. Uh, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. All right. Thanks, buddy. See All ya. right. You guys have a good one. Yep. Thanks to Oscar. Sorry about the audio quality there, but he was driving. Um, yeah, that's funny. That That's good stuff. Just water. Yes. Water in the head pipe. Water in, in the motor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, we did find out there. Chad got docked one position. I don't Unbelievable. know. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't. That did not, I never knew this. I did not know that either. I didn't know what would happen. So, so Chad Reed was not going to win this race. Sounds well, like. now, I mean, look, we can get as controversial as we want. Yeah. Uh, do they fight harder? I mean, he goes from, what, 6th to 7th? That's what we figured out? Yeah, 6th to 7th. If, yeah. they, if they take the win away, does Larry Brooks go? I'm, I'm sure they were well, pumped, uh, even over the one position and one point, 6th to 7th. But what happens if they try to take the win away? How gnarly does Chad and Brooks and everybody uh, go? And also, too, this was the era of like, hey, we're not really going to take the win away. We're going to penalize you seconds. And, oh, look, at the number of seconds you get penalized, weren't they didn't add up to anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got penalized yeah. 10 seconds, but you won by 11. You know, Yeah, whatever. a lot of times. Yeah. Yes, a lot of that. But, but I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I think they would have took the win away. Who knows? Wow. I mean, it was pretty blatant. It was blatant. It was bad. Yes. So, I don't know. Yep. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Liat, 6.5 velocity goggles. Uh, that's right. They're all bulletproof from the folks at Liat. They can take impacts like no other. The Liat 6.5 velocity goggles offer outstanding clarity in all conditions. An easy clip-on lens that takes 20 seconds to replace and includes permanent anti-fog, anti-scratch, and 170-degree wide vision. Again, the Moto Concepts guys running Liat head-to-toe. Uh, if you need a discount code, hit us up. We'll pass that on to you. Thanks to Maxis and Blenzall as well for coming on board the podcast. And uh, thanks to uh, Trey Kennard and Oscar Werderman as well. All right. Uh, anything else we, before we do the categories? What else you got in your notes? Well, I don't even know how we treat this Marsac thing. I don't even know how we treat it. Do we talk about Marsac or is that part of the category or is Marsac separate for this race because this is actually part of this race? What do we do about Marsac? How is he covered in this show? I don't know what we'll to do. We'll cover him when it's time. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, um, uh, the amount of guys that are uh, in, like, I don't know how Marsac even gets there because all you really have is the, at the top of the screen you can watch on the TV. Yeah, show, you just like, see a running, feed, yeah, yeah, and it just keeps changing nonstop. Like I, at one point, Marsac is in eleventh, you know, yeah, and like Paul Carpenter, I think didn't he get a good start? He was running up there for a while. Yeah, he had the lead early. Chad got him right away. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So like, tons of guys uh, were were randomly up there. Like Dunge, we are talking Clat. about, but we don't really know anything about it. Dusty Clat. Clat. Well, so in 2008, did Canada 
still think we yes we might have our guy. Well, no, we we did, but then you saw the Detroit LCQ. Was that this year? This was this year. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the end was nigh. Yeah, it was coming. Yeah, yes. it, it was coming. Yeah, one of my favorite stories was you and a bunch of Canadian buddies were in the press box, and uh, Clat is just trying to even make Maine to this point, and he's somewhere on the bubble of the LCQ, and he just tips over, and I just looked, and it's you and like a bunch of our Canadian buds, and you just all had your head in your hands, like it's not gonna yeah, happen. It's not. It wasn't gonna happen. Clat is not taking over. Um, no, because your theory was great. Your theory was if Clat would succeed, they would then start signing. Every yeah, 14-year-old no. Canadian. All these idiots in the pits, they don't know any better. Oh, Australian? Yeah. Oh, we'll sign them all up. Reardon, Reardon, Moss, come on down. Like, you know, French? Th- How many French French, guys? right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we just yep. need a breakthrough. Hell, you know, we almost had Ecuadorians everywhere with, with Martin, Ke- Mar- Martin Costello. So. That's right. Um, yep. Yep. Anyways, um, yeah, what a night. What a race. Absolutely. Yep. March 7th, 2008, Daytona race. We just first ever – Live announcing there too. That's that's an awesome story. I love that. Um, yeah, still still doing it now. All right, Leah, re-raceables categories. Uh, here we go. Uh, who really won the way? Won the race? I'm tempted because this doesn't always. You know, there's always a performance that shines through. Um, I'm tempted to say Chad because it's all anybody remembers. But literally, didn't even like if Chad got second, and he say he pushed his bike across the finish line. Then he would be the winner, you know. He'd be the guy to me to really win the race, even though Wyndham got the win. But he blew up and got seventh. But it's all anybody talks about with this race. It's it. So did he really win the race? I don't know. This one was the most confusing to me. I'm going with Chad all the way. Oh, okay. As the uh, race winner, yes, I'm going with Chad all the way uh, because that is the legend. Like it is. I mean, they're intertwined. It's the race that Wyndham won because Chad's bike blew up. I feel like it is part of the Chad Reed legend. Uh, it's great for Wyndham as well, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is part of the Chad Reed legend. So yeah. I'm going to give it to okay. him. Okay, all right. I'll go with that then too. I was struggling with it because he literally didn't even come close to winning in the end. You know, you got No, and, yeah. and now we just found out he actually it was one position worse than yeah. we actually right, knew. Right, right, right. Who knew? Right. Um, <laughs> the the Leah Re-Raceables category, who's that guy? I got a good one for this. I have So the 250s and 450s, Yep. I have a good one for this. Kyle Gills, 18th in the 250 main event. Mm. Who's Kyle Gills? He works at WPS for Firepower these days. No way. And he's a buddy of mine. I know Kyle Gills, but I guarantee you, if you, any, you put 100 people in a court courtroom and ask them, who's Kyle Gills out of these two main events, no one would know. But I know. No, I mean, I just literally remember the name, um, you know, being in results. Right. And that's about all I got for you. Um, yeah, he might be the least known uh, out of anyone I can find, even in like LCQ results. Like normally, every guy, I'm like yeah, yep. this guy, this guy, this guy. Normally, he yep. would be, uh, except I really do know him. Um, I honorable mention of Tyler Bright, but I mean, I I think I feel like people know Tyler Bright. Yeah, Tyler Bright was solid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Um, yep. Who do you got? Kyle Gales too. Taking out Kyle Gales. Um, in the 250 class, uh, there is a young, up and coming. Perhaps mud specialist really likes the mud, and as you know, Steve, everyone will tell you the key to doing well in a mud race is you have to come in with a positive attitude, like like Kennard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kennard was just two hundred percent. Yep, hopelessly optimistic, Trey Kennard. And there's a young man who surely had that optimistic attitude and mud riding experience because he's from New York. 
His name is Phil Nicoletti, taking 14th. Philip J. Philip J. Nicoletti. Philip J. Nicoletti taking 14th uh, in the main event. Not sure what happened to him after this. No, don't but, know. Uh, don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, these races that are this uh, era, <clears throat> it's impossible. Like, there isn't anyone that I look at in the results. Yeah, Kyle Gills. I get Kyle Tobin. I think Kyle, to- Kyle Tobin, 22nd in the LCQ DNS. Uh, but I think I even know. I think Kyle Tobin might have played the flute or something. I'm not joking. I, I, <laughs> okay. Like, I feel like I know something about everybody. Okay. Marty's in this. Marty's in this. Of LCQ. course. Doesn't yeah, make it. yeah. We just T-Dags. looked. Marty's, Marty's in the 86 Anaheim results, too. Oh, God. We, we looked at oh. it. T-Dags. Oh, T-Dags in it? T-Dags got seventh in the LCQ. Oh, didn't make it. He's a good mud rider, yeah. too. I'm surprised. Oh, yeah. The LCQ is Robbie Marshall. Sipes, Phil, and your guy Kyle Gills. Those nice. are the four guys that get in in the 250s. Ray <laughs> uh, Raceables category Lit Kid Award. I don't, dude. I don't know. Oh, God, I got nothing. On. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what gear. I mean, they look terrible on the starting gate. People look horrible. Chad's got a neck brace on. That's weird. Yeah, Chad has a neck brace on, and dude, those neck braces—they look so massive. Yeah. At this time. Those yeah. original Liat braces. Uh, hey, Liat brings us our show. They've constantly evolved the product. But those original ones, they look so different now. Yeah. No, they absolutely do. Yep. So, Lit Kid Award, we're out. We got nothing. Um, where's JT? Well, we asked him. <laughs> Weege? Yes, we did. We did. Uh, got stuck in his heat race watching from the stands. <laughs> That's what he said he was. Stuck That's in the heat race, watch from the stands. Uh, but what about... Uh, I'm a little confused. What, JT, there's an LCQ, bro. Did we? Do we have his LCQ? Did he? Let me see here. Fifteenth in the LCQ. Oh, he JT. failed to mention that. Oh, JT. Oh, he was a lap down, and he was 15 seconds back of the next guy. Yeah, this is a really weird deal. Uh, you know, when we had Oscar on the line, he says, "I think Nate Dog was hurt, or he wasn't there, or something." Then we see in the results that Ramsey finishes 12th or something. In the main. Oh. But in the LCQ, it says top two to the main, and he gets third. There is a line above his name. Yeah, I see it. he does not make the main, but he's in the main. I see it. Um, what? 21 guys in the main in the lineup. Gibson. Okay. May, uh, no, Gibson was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah, Gibson's in. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, was he top 10 in the points? Did he get a provisional? Oh, they did it the provisional rule yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Provisional. Provisional. Oh, uh, another awesome AMA. This oh. S- uh, super weird rule they came up with. LCQ results. Uh, rider number 100, Josh Hansen, disqualified due to multiple track cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, JGR Zone. I remember watching this. Now it comes to mind. He really? just went straight in like a, in like an, a left-right corner. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. Who knows? He probably thought it was cool and rebellious. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Ryder, Josh Hansen disqualified due to multiple track cuts. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now. Ryder, number one on. Unbelievable. I mean, that's so on brand. It is. it is. He's not really going to do it right. No. Come on. Uh, oh, gosh. The last uh, category. Oh, go ahead. And uh, also, I'm noticing, I didn't know you could even do this back then. Was my man Barry Carson in both classes? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look. I thought they got rid of that yes, rule by he was. then. 
He raced both classes. He was in both LCQs. He didn't make either main. He got us a night show money. Uh, Barry Carston, backed by Wonder Warthog Racing. What? But what? I, I thought that by 08 they had gotten rid of that. Uh, I did not know you could race both classes in 08. No, I, did I didn't. I that. didn't either. Bear dog, I, I didn't though. think Barry was racing for Wonder Warthog. Barry probably doesn't remember that he was racing for Wonder Warthog. <laughs> no. No. He raced both classes. I, I, I'm going to – can we just assume it wasn't even legal and Barry still somehow did it and Hold got on. his check? I'm looking at the LCQ. Barry's not in here. Yeah, both classes. No, Barry's not in the list that I see in front of me for the LCQ results. Oh, I'm seeing – oh, I have 450 open twice. Darn it. Oh, He's only okay. in 450. All right. Okay. okay, all right. Now calm, it makes more sense. Calm down, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of Barry in yeah, my life. You do. Um, yeah. The Jacob Marsak Award uh, for the rider who has done the best without anybody really knowing uh, goes to uh, Jacob Marsak. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, right? It has to. He third overall at Daytona, as we mentioned. Incredible feat. No one remembers. And nope. that's why we call it the Jacob Marsak Award for the re-raceables. That's why. Yep. Exactly that. He- he, he only got beat by Kevin Windham and Davey Millsaps, two great riders at Daytona in the premier class. I mean, how often would you tell this story? You would never stop. Honda, takes, se- Honda takes seven out of the top ten spots in 450 class, by the way. Um, if only we knew if that meant something to them. If only there was someone that would know <laughs> if that. I would presume so. Uh, is there any <laughs> more pressure, uh, RC? Possibly. Possibly <laughs> so. I cannot comment about Honda. <laughs> right, I cannot right. talk about Honda. <laughs> oh, man, that's oh, hilarious. Man. So, Jacob Marsak, yeah. congratulations for winning the Jacob Marsak Award. Uh, you know who's getting screwed here Who is Matt Bonney is not getting the Jacob Marsak Award in any other event. If he was not up against the Jacob Marsak, he, yeah. uh, he, got, he got third, didn't he? Yeah, or, or I might go with uh, I might go with Balby for fifth overall in the premier class. Yeah, and, and winning a heat. Yeah, yeah, you know, yep. but but, he, but when you're up against Mar- Jacob Marsak, you're what, in the Jacob Marsak award, you're you're done. Yeah, yeah, these guys are screwed. Good, um, good for Bonnie. Is that his only podium? I think. I mean, so. besides the weirdo Canadian races yeah, that the team yeah, swept yes, one time. Yes, besides that one. Um, well, <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, that's the re-raceables, the Liat re-raceables for day, 2008 Daytona. Um, we did. Uh, we did. We knocked out two birds with one stone, everybody, when we were in Atlanta next to the great uh, Justin Brayton. And we spoke to him about his Daytona win for a future episode. So look for that oh, down the line. So uh, Brayton jumped in and de- talk- we talked to him about that. So we'll we'll do one of those down the line when it's time. We'll do one. Um, yeah. And then uh, yeah, it's uh, oh, this was a lot of fun. I, I I was dying laughing at the announcing. I I those th- those comments I was I was freaking out <laughs> the, on the dead silence. Yeah. wanting them to comment on will he be penalized? Right, right. You know the AMA's got to be looking at that, guys. Crickets. <laughs> Like, can we get anything? Yeah, just can you, can one of you two guys who are championship riders (laughs) tell us at all about how you feel about this moment? Dude, I, I feel like there was at that time no precedent for anything happening. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, they did it. Good for them. They actually did penalize him. But I don't think, I'm sure, knowing Brooks, who sweated every ounce of everything at that time, even the one point that he lost, but can you imagine? What would Brooks have done if they took a win away? I don't know. Great point. I mean, until they took Dungey's win away in uh, Pontiac or Detroit or whatever. Yeah, Detroit, yeah. I don't know if it ever happened. I, 
I don't think they ever took a win away in the sport. No. Like literally no. ever. No. So that right. would have been a pretty big deal. So I, Can you imagine? I'm, I'm still going to say they wouldn't have done it. Okay. Can you imagine the Supercross yeah. class being up, being, you know, just being up oh, God. all over the place in the Supercross class? So. <laughs> oh, my God. Why, I tried to talk to Whitelock like two times. When he was war- he just bit my head off, dude. He was the grouchiest human being ever. I don't think it was going well for him personally on that job. I think he was yeah. getting yelled at and berated every single weekend because uh, of the lead rule, right? It was all the lead rule stuff going on. It was all that yeah. stuff, and yeah. uh, 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 he was not having any media inquiries. He was not not willing to talk to the no. media. So yeah, he was friendly with me. I even got him to do jokes once in uh, some video that I did once um, okay. because it was like, if you can get this guy to be lighthearted, you've done right. something. Yeah. Um, but what I honestly don't know, yeah, Steve Whitelock came in, and it was like iron-fisted rule. It was suddenly like everything ran through Whitelock, and then he was just gone. Yeah, yeah, yep. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, he was the old Honda boss for the 500 GPs, though. Did you know that back in the day? Yeah, I found that out right. after the fact. That was yep. pretty bad. Look, the AMA is not the best at PR. I remember when he started throwing out these rules, there was a lot of, who is this guy? Does he even know the sport? And, like, no one ever communicated that this guy had already been part of racing. At, at the highest, highest level. level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, like, photos. Like, look, he's holding a pit board for, like, Thorpe. Uh, for, like, Roger yeah. in, like, 1980. Right. Yeah. In, like, Luxembourg. Right. Yeah. Like, no, you're right about that. Stuff. He was yeah. he was not a happy guy, though, when I tried to talk to him. Uh, I can, that's a lot of people. It's <laughs> a great point. Uh, Lee at Re-Raceables, Blenzall and Maxis on board with us. Daytona 08. Thanks, Weege. All right. We'll do another one. Can't wait.